a good song. Not bad, eh? That is a that got me bumped. <laughs> it came on. I was Big like, Dick energy. Is, yeah, is that yeah. What it's called <laughs> so, which I found one, which was good. That's what it's actually called. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, October 12th, 2021. I am your host, Brock Fleming, and with me, as always... Oh. Every time we together, <laughs> no, it's not actually John Cicada, but none other than Pep Cariotti. Pep, how you doing, bud? Better than John Gruden, probably. Uh, <laughs> We're going right to it, eh? That's so good. How you doing, Pally? I can't complain. Um, yeah. You know, it was a nice long weekend. Thanksgiving dinner, we had it last night. Um, I'll do uh, stuff with my family next weekend, I guess. So we'll spread out the uh, gorging across a couple of weeks. Very good. Um <clears throat> today was uh, actually a little rush today, so getting back from the grand opening of a very interesting place um, of mutual friends of ours who um, are big fans of the of the show as well and the podcast and uh, stand for a lot of the same stuff that we do. But the grand opening of Nobility Performance, which was mm-hmm. in, on Iber Road in Stittsville. I uh, went out to that, so I got to see our good friend Mike Anderson, who's one of the owners and uh, guys who opened it. I met uh, uh, a guy, Brian, who's uh, one of the chiropractors there, and another guy, Ben, who deals with all the input stuff. Anyway, the place hey, is cool. pretty cool. Like, it's... Yeah? Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's very cool. They haven't got the red light therapy machine in yet because mm-hmm. it's stuck at the border. But what this thing can do is going to be awesome. I mean, it's great for depression, but also for uh, inflammation. For Anyway, there's all these different light uh, settings, I guess, that, that deal with a bunch of different things. But it's something that I know Mike is super pumped for you and I to give it a shot. Um, I'm pumped for it to, to try it as well. But right now they got... Uh, they got a, a couple of chiropractors that are there that are working. They got massage therapists. They got a, a compression therapy room where they got those. Uh, you ever watch like the, you see LeBron James and some of those guys that have the the leg compression um, yeah, that's on, which is you know not all the rage, but it's effective. So they have that option oh, well, there. You see most athletes now wearing that compression stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, so they got all that there and I think they're going to be uh, always getting a, a few more, but also at the same time, I uh, saw a buddy, uh, Chris Sullivan, who's the uh, owner and operator of Junior and the Kid Barbecue Sauce. So he was there serving up food like, uh, I don't know, brisket sandwiches or something. I say something, I don't know what it was called because it went down so quickly. Um, but anyway, it was good. It was good to see a, a good turnout. Um, I think it's going to be a great place. It's a place that I'll Frequent, I'm sure, for, hey, for therapy. Yeah, yeah, they're excited absolutely. to get you in the house, too. Um, especially, you know, everything we've talked about uh, with, um, you know, mental health and, uh, you know, dealing with uh, 
depression, seasonal depression and all that kind of stuff where this red light therapy is supposed to have really good results. I mean, this mm-hmm. therapy is supposed to be good for uh, people with MS, for uh, psoriasis. Like there's just a, a number of things that it'll deal with. Anyway, it's going to be very cool. I'm excited to see right when on. it comes in. The place itself is really cool. Um, I tried to take a quick picture. I realized the the overlay. I think I know is, where it is on Ibra. I think it, is it just when you turn left onto Ibra, it's maybe like a half a kilometer down. It's a big know. building on the right. <laughs> okay, so if you wanted to generalize in period, Ibra Road is only about half a mile long, and every yeah. building is on your right or your left. So yeah, you're right on. You're right <laughs> on point. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is one of their like art walls kind of thing with the oh, glass like behind. It. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Um, super bad picture considering, uh, I got the new phone. It's supposed to be great for pictures. Anyway, Mike Anderson, the photographer who is also phenomenal at that, uh, would be utterly disappointed by the fact that I just put that up on the screen. Anyway, ah. what you can do there is phenomenal. You and I are going to go in. Um, and try some stuff, but at the same time too, you know, they want us to do a couple of shows from there if, if uh, um, well, if we want to, I guess, but, uh, they got a couple cool places we can bring, you know, a guest in and stuff. And, and they got some interesting spots to actually record like from it. too. So I said, we'd be down. So we'll have those discussion with them in the future. But, uh, anyway, like very it. cool place. Take a look at it online. Grand opening was today. 120 Iber road. Um, Mike made the mm. comment. Um, all the information too would be at nobility performance. I believe it's.com. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but I'll make a better overlay that has nobility performance and all of the information required that we can pull up on the show, uh, next week. Cool. Uh, okay. P dog. How you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Uh, now I'm looking forward to going to this place. Uh, I deal with a lot of all of the above really, uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, my, uh, my mental health is no secret, uh, but also I deal with inflammation and, uh, some things that uh, I could work on from a physical standpoint as well that uh, uh, I deal with uh, chronic pain. I, I deal with chronic pain every day. Uh, some days is better than others, depending on the weather and depending on what I do activity wise. But uh, sounds like a good, uh, a good match, good relationship. I like it. It's thanks for hooking that up. That, thanks, Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson thanks, Mike Anderson, guy. Brian, Ben. Pleasure to meet all you guys. Uh, again, just a great group that are going to run this thing. And uh, I'm going to. Do we have that? We do. We do. We do. I have it. Wait, hang on. I just, I was on the other one because I needed to have the John Cicada intro for you. <laughs> that was just as important. So weird. Nobilityperformance.com, so right as on. mentioned. So I was correct. All right. Hey. Which also means, hey, shout out to Mikey. You're listening. You're on, uh, you're watching right now, which is great. I'm very proud of you. I think this is going to be a, a game changer in the health and wellness industry in the Ottawa area. And, um, you know, I'll be there and I'm sure I'll be sending guys like my father should be over there as a chiropractor yeah. and, and start getting his back looked at and Curtis as well. Anyway, we're all getting to that age. We all need maintenance. Go in there for my, uh, my routine oil changes. Ah, beautiful. All right. Today we got NFL, uh, major league baseball playoffs. We got it all. And NFL, NBA, MLB. You got it. We're, we, College football. Yep. There, we got it. Headlines. All right, let's do it. Does Mike know where he's supposed to be doing the headlines? Okay. Headlines with Brock and Pep. (laughs) 
<laughs> I always feel bad because I can see the little video of Mike in the back. And sometimes we do it and we don't have the layout that says, hey, Mike, you're going to be doing the intro at this specific time. We were rushed today. So as we're like, let's go, I'm looking to see, like, is Mike one? Is he there? Two, is he paying attention? hundred percent. So uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Mikey. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. Well, we got a lot of headlines. We got a lot of sports to talk about. There's some uh, interesting uh situations going on in uh, in pro sports let's talk about john gruden oh. uh wow has that ever spiraled into a complete and total clown show uh i don't think we need to go into the details of what's going on but basically if i can i'll sum it up during this washington football team investigation uh with dan schneider their uh their owner and uh bruce allen who was their gm at the time uh, there were allegations of inappropriate behavior with uh, f- uh, female clientele, female employees as well. And uh, throughout this investigation came these emails. Somehow John Gruden and Bruce Allen exchanged emails. They were awful. It was like just two guys basically sh- shooting this whatever uh, via email. But, you know, it's, it's Bruce Allen was using his work email. So, you know, the NFL keeps all this stuff. And throughout the investigation, they found this conversation, this archive conversation of some pretty awful stuff. And, you know, there were pictures of cheerleaders in just their bikini bottoms being sent around and lewd remarks going back and forth. These are GMs of pro football teams. Um, You know, they didn't have consent from these cheerleaders to share these pictures. So there's that. There's a whole bunch of stuff. It's not just John Gruden saying a bunch of things on, on an email. There's a lot more to this. And I don't think... Um, I don't think people grasp the concept of like, you know, good behavior in the workplace. I don't care if it was 10 years ago or 10 days ago. I mean, you got to be a a decent human being to make that amount of money and you represent your, your organization the way you do. And if you don't, then this is what happens. So tough luck. You know, I have no sympathy for John Gruden at all. And the more stuff that comes out, the uglier it looks. And today Tampa Bay just took his name off the ring of honor. So, I mean, there's a lot of fallout to this. He's done with the NFL. He's toast. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it is what it is. That's you, – you make those choices. Um, you know, this one was documented, and it came back We're to bite you in the ass. Using a work email. Using yeah. a work email. Are you stupid? Well, you said he didn't use a work email, but it was going to somebody else's work email. Absolutely. Or it was being shared with Bruce Allen's work email, as well as Dan Schneider, who I think is the scum of the scum, who actually plea bargained with the NFL that he can't be a part of the Washington football team's organization for a full calendar year. It's his wife who's running the show. That's part of his his plea bargain or whatever. Um, It's just a gong show. These guys, just a gong show. This whole like country club atmosphere has got to go. And Brock, I want to say this about this. I'm not a saint. Okay, I have my conversations with people. Uh, I, am I uh, am I inappropriate at times? Absolutely, in the confines of my own home. Absolutely, totally. I'm not going to lie and sit here and be a hypocrite. But the, the the difference between me and them is that my approach is more like shock value comedy versus <laughs> just straight up misogynistic crap. You know, right. that's my and it's a it's a whole different approach. Um, I'm not, and you don't no you don't document it or keep written. I mean, well, other than the top ten lists, but it, like you don't <laughs> you don't document everything and, and write it down. No. Like it's it's off the cuff. It's in conversation, yes. Um, yes. meant to sort of stay that way. But we're not saints, and I'm not I'm not claiming that I'm a saint. But I I know my I know my crowd. 
I'm not. I'm certainly not comparing us to John Gruden either. I mean, we're we're two guys doing a radio show here in Ottawa, Canada. But I mean, like that might be I'm as good going, as it gets for Gruden after this. So hey, be, yeah, he might be looking. He might be calling us. We might have uh, him anyway, on the, on the show. From a from a sports perspective, Brock, I think the I think the Raiders are done. I mean, they look lifeless against the Bears. They lost twenty to nine to a Bears team that really is offensively challenged. Like, they don't really have a lot going on on their offense. Yeah. Um, but they looked like they had zero motivation to play that game. And what I compare this Raiders team to is the 94 Browns when they found out four games into the season that they were moving to Baltimore, and the team just gave up. Because that was a, that was a Super Bowl contending team. They, what year was that, Pierre? That was 94. Okay. So those that 94 Browns team was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. I think they started off like 3-1. and one. And then they found out, word got out, it leaked, that they were moving to Baltimore the f- upcoming year. And then they, w- they finished 4-12. and 12. So I think we're going to see something similar to this. I think ev- like the whole organization is a bit of a hot mess. Um, you know, do you think they rebound from this as an organization this year? Um, I, it goes one of two ways. Either it's a rally point for them. If it was something that mm. um, you know, okay. the team could kind of get behind and say, you know what? this is for the best and we're going. The issue with that is I don't think Gruden had lost the locker room in any way. Like it wasn't something that was Gruden and a player or Gruden and something current that they can sort of say, you know what, good riddance, let's come together, let's be better. I think Gruden was having his voice heard and having an effect on the team and they seemed the team was going fairly well. Um, So I I think three and one, I mean, for the Raiders is a pretty good start in that division. And I think now because, you know, it's not – I just don't think – I don't think they have the rally point that they can they can come together over. So I think, yeah, I think this year I think it's kind of a write-off. I think it's just going to get worse for them this year. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I, again, I have no sympathy sympathy for the guy. I, I kind of like listening to him when he was working for ABC and he was doing a Monday Night Football. Could not stand him. Uh, some, you know what? It, it's your most people were either one side or the other. But you know, generally when he was on television, he was he he was well spoken, and he. Uh, but like uh, uh, like Keyshawn Johnson said today, this guy was a uh, 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 he could sell you snake oil. Like he was that good an actor, apparently, according to Keyshawn. And I'm going to take Keyshawn's word with a grain of salt because it's Keyshawn Johnson. But you know, if guys like Keyshawn Johnson, who are big names, big stars in the league at one point, coming out and saying this guy was, we all knew he had this other side to him. I saw a Raiders clip today of, of him, um, of Gruden addressing the team other, after a practice. And, you know, he just went on an expletive tirade. Um, so he does have this edge to him, you know. And there's video of him with Tampa and video of him when he was an assistant with Philly, you know, really being hard on Randall Cunningham and stuff. And I just think that the guy um, just put on a good face. But deep down, he was one of those really, he's like, just not a, not a cool cat. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah. Um, Let's stay with football, Brock. And uh, this weekend was uh, NCAA, was it like upset weekend, upset central? It was so far the best college football weekend of the season. And there's been well, some pretty good music. ones. Let's get the music on first. <laughs> I like it. You like the music? I do. <clears throat> How can you not like those drums? No, you can't not like them. That's a, a yeah. CBS one too, anyway, right? That's an SEC like network. That's why I like it. Um, okay, look, my Saturday was start to finish packed full of 
super exciting games. Um, it started at noon. I mean, I'm watching Arkansas and Ole Miss. So both ranked teams. Arkansas was 13 at the time, Ole Miss 17. It went to a shootout, ended up 52-51. Arkansas scored with, wow. I don't know, last play of the game or two seconds left, whatever it was, the score. And then they went for two to win the game, missed it. Ole Miss ended up pulling it out. Lane Kiffin, it was, again, an absolute shootout. Matt Corral, the quarterback for Ole Miss, um, he's a gunslinger. He's a guy who should have been a Florida Gator, got decommitted once uh, Dan Mullen got the coaching job, and I guess he wasn't a guy that he recruited. But I'm telling you, this kid's arm is as good as anybody's I've seen. Hey, I watched he's him. on Pittsburgh's radar. I watched him. Well, he should be. I watched him go through the Elite 11. So that's like the top of the top prospects and they go through this elite 11 quarterback camp with um uh trent dilfer runs it and it's uh you know a few days pretty intense and they put them through all the the the, uh the paces all the drills and then they kind of rate them and rank them at the end anyway i watched it just because he was a florida gator recruit commit at the time that was going through this anyway phenomenal but uh he's with Ole miss and they they won a shootout 52 51 the red river rivalry texas and oklahoma this is a bucket list 100 percent for me um, they always have it at the big Oklahoma State Fair or Texas State Fair, or Texas State Fair. Um, half the, the stadium is, is that garnet and white. The other half is that burnt orange. It's one of the biggest things of the year. And both these teams are coming over to the SEC. So this Red River rivalry will be part of the SEC um, schedule as of 2025 or something. Anyway. Uh, Oklahoma number six, again, very disappointing so far. Spencer Rattler, their quarterback, is a Heisman hopeful. Uh, He was getting booed, and all the fans were asking for the rookie to come in. He got pulled in this game. They were down like 21 points. Anyway, the rookie comes in. They end up winning at 55-48. Again, ridiculously good game. A lot of Heisman talk in there. The Thompson, the quarterback for Texas, and Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson, the running back for Texas. Again, phenomenal. So who Oklahoma won? <clears throat> Oklahoma came back to win that one. Yeah. So is, does is that it for Rattler? Does the does the rookie get the, the the nod this week? You know what? Rattler came in to score a two point conversion that needed to tie the game at the time. So the rookie had got him in the end zone, and Rattler came in to run the two point conversion play and did it well, and then went back to on the bench. But it was Williams is the guy who's the rookie who came out, uh, but. The, the Oklahoma's running back, Brooks. So Bijan Robinson for Texas is, you know, again, he's in the Heisman talk all the time. He ran for 137 yards on 20 carries. Pretty good. That's Oklahoma's good. running back, Brooks, 25 carries for 217. Anyway, kid is phenomenal. So that game was, again, just back and forth. I'm just flipping the channel like my remote – the, the numbers on the remote, the last button there is uh, just like uh, worn out. Worn off. Oh, it's crazy. Um. <laughs> Georgia-Auburn was a decent game. Georgia ended up winning that. But if we get into some of the big ones, number three versus number four, I told you, Penn State-Iowa. Penn State at Iowa. Number four at number three. One That's of them was going to come out. right there. Blue collar. Very blue collar. Penn State came out of the gate pretty good. Their quarterback, Clifford, got hurt. Their starting quarterback got hurt. The other guy came in, and the offense just was not the same. They ended up losing and giving up a lead. They ended up losing 20 to 23-20 to Iowa. 
Um, and that's really because of the quarterback getting hurt. Now, this is a, something that sparks a conversation because of this transfer portal that the NCAA has now. So you can enter the transfer portal, transfer, and you can play right away now. So because of that, it's almost like college free agency. So Penn State had Clifford. He was starting. He got hurt. The next guy up wasn't that great. They had a guy who was really good. His last name was Levis, L-E-V-I-S, like Levi's, but Levis. Anyway, he's now with the Kentucky Wildcats, transferred over there, and he is another stud. So back in the day, if you couldn't transfer and play right away, you would have Clifford, maybe he gets hurt, and then you have this other stud that comes in. So now your quarterback room is still pretty stocked, and you say, you know what, these are the kind of games that are made for that. And, you know, guys move on, and, and they, they, they sort of take the reins and go with it. Anyway, because of transfer portal, Penn State ended up losing it because their quality wasn't quite there in the, in the quarterback room for the backup standpoint. But the game was back and forth, hard-nosed. Jesse Lucchetta from Ottawa is going to get drafted, and he's going to get drafted at pretty good, um, he could pretty be a good round. Rounder? I don't think he's going to be a first-rounder. Because he's playing D-line, he's, not, he's still not the typical D-lineman, but he's going to get drafted, I say probably maybe round three, four, depending on what the need. But he's only just recently moved to the defensive line, and he that's his like niche. Like He's been playing yeah. inside linebacker and a downhill kind of guy. He is a guy, and he's his hand in the dirt, and he, he's got a motor. Anyway, he's been proving himself, and I think this year is just going to skyrocket his, um, his draft stock. Anyway, Good for him. Really good. Really proud of him. Uh, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech almost pulled the upset on Notre Dame. That was the 32-29 game. That was the Saturday night. Enter Sandman, all that kind of stuff that was there for the taking, and they just kind of blew it. Um, LSU, Kentucky. I already talked about Kentucky. They're an undefeated team. They beat Florida last week. They're playing. They played LSU this week, uh, this past week, and dominated them 42-21. They look really good. Now, I don't know how bad LSU is. We're going to find out from Florida this week. But Kentucky plays Georgia this upcoming week. Georgia, who's the new number one. Why is Georgia the new number one? Because Texas A&M beat Alabama. Go Aggies. They beat Alabama. Do I have – is this air horn? 41-38. Again, a back-and-forth game. I didn't see that coming. <clears throat> Texas A&M, they're a two-loss team. They had a lot of high hopes. They lost to Arkansas earlier in the season. Um you know, this is the first – so Jumbo Fisher is the first assistant from Nick Saban who's actually beat him. This is the first time one of his assistant coaches who's gone on to be a head coach has beat Nick Saban, I which is it. pretty impressive. Going back and beating Bill Belichick. The 12th man came out. The stadium was rocking. It was a, a last-minute field goal that uh, propelled Texas A&M to the win. You know, Alabama did fight back. They got back in the game. Um, but, all, you know, again, Texas A&M held off, which is absolutely bonkers. Now, the problem with all this to me is that Alabama only dropped to number five. Now, they lost to a two-loss team. Realistically, they probably are in that number five, but they should have been dropped a little bit further. The new rankings, Georgia number one, Iowa is number two, Cincinnati is the highest group of five team to ever be ranked up. They're number three. Oklahoma's four. Now Alabama's five. And we have, you know, the rest of them. But the fact you have Iowa number two and Cincinnati number three, like that hasn't happened in a long time. And also hey, the listen. fact that Bama is outside the top four, unreal. Well, and you know what? As somebody who's a casual college football watcher, I'm. it's nice to see somebody else 
just for a bit. I mean, I no, no offense, Christian Couture, but Alabama's been there for, I mean, what, the last six, seven years? One, two, one, one, easily. It's yeah. nice to see a, a different school just get a little bit of the spotlight. I'm, 100%. I'm sure Alabama will come back and run the table and make it at top four and play in the playoffs, all that good stuff. But right now, it's just nice to see a different different school. Bama still kind of holds the cards because they got to get to the – um, the West Championship. Now, Texas A&M, yeah. because they have two losses, isn't going to be – that head-to-head isn't going to come into play because they don't have enough wins to to be tied with Alabama. Um, but, hey, Georgia is a more complete team. Their defense is unreal. They have quarterback with some experience, and that's where Bama is lacking it. Um, but, hey, Georgia-Kentucky this weekend, that's the game you got to watch. There's not a lot of marquee matchups this week. Uh, but Kentucky at Georgia, 3.30 on Saturday. That's the all game right. you want to tune into and really see if Georgia's the team that uh, we all think they, they probably are and likely is the team that's going to be facing uh, Alabama in the SEC championship unless Florida beats Georgia. But, hey, uh, stranger things have happened other than that Florida LSU. But, hey, last weekend, I hope you guys tuned in. I hope you guys took a look at the highlights, whatever, but it was start to finish. I certainly, I certainly tried. An amazing, amazing Saturday. Hey, and when you're done watching uh, Kentucky, Georgia, you can tune in to um, the Red Blacks and the Alouettes. That's on <laughs> I, Saturday? I, I believe they're, they're, it was a, a home and home. Uh, I think this weekend they play in, in Ottawa. Because um, they played yesterday. I think it's, think it's Saturday, yeah. Um, which is which leads leads us to our thanks, Brock. That's great. Uh, college football <laughs> is exciting. I watched a little bit of it this weekend. Um, you know, I I get how the excitement because every week counts, and it's it's a, a far cry from. And I've no offense to the NHL, but it's a far cry from the NHL. And we talked about it last week in terms of uh, uh, meaningless games or meaningful games. Every week in college football means something to these schools uh, with regards to getting to the playoffs and having an opportunity to play for a championship. Whereas if the Leafs lose to the, uh, you know, the Kraken in week uh, number 22, no one is going to care. So, except Leafs fans. Um, Brock, the CFL had a, it's, you, oh, we got a comment from Christian, right? Yeah, he just commented uh, Alabama versus Georgia for the championship. I SEC like championship, I like overall championship could be either or. The reason that, the I only like way that. that works is if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship to give both teams one loss, then they both get in the playoffs because it was a tight game, and then yeah. they can sort of face each other. Otherwise, if Georgia wins in the SEC uh, championship, Bama is out of the conversation. Out, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the CFL. But it was a big weekend for their games, right? They had two. two Are you talking about on this show or when you're flipping through the channels? Because I'm like that. I'm like, I don't want to spend too much time on this channel because it's painful. I love the CFL. But this year, and I'm sure the CFL would agree with me, this year uh, has been abysmal when it comes to the quality of offensive play, unless the defense are just that good. I mean, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are playing like all-world defense. I think they're, it's like a, a season for the ages when it comes to st- their statistics. But the CFL prides itself on being a high-scoring offensive league. It's a three-down league, which means there's a lot of passing. Uh, there's usually a lot of big splash plays in the CFL. I mean, these scores are like 20-17, to 16-13 to 13 every week. And we're not seeing a whole lot of progression now. On the flip side, we saw some, I think, three out of the four games were really close this weekend, like a field goal 
uh, beat Hamilton yesterday. Boris Beattie hit a field goal with the uh, Argonauts to beat Hamilton at the buzzer. I think Calgary beat Saskatchewan on the same play, a field goal. Um, so it's exciting in terms of the end, but all, the product in between, it's been tough to watch. You know what I sort of, my dad used to complain about basketball. Big same Rob. thing. They used to be, he used to say, I can't, like, I'll tune in for the last five minutes. Like the whole back and forth at the beginning could be a thousand to 999. Like it doesn't matter how we get there. I just want to see the last three minutes. And that's, that's kind of what the CFL has been over the last little while. I don't care the rest of it. Just show me the last quarter, last half a quarter. And let's see if it's even close. Is that where you and your brother get the oh yeah the basketball? Curtis is the same way. He's like, ah, you know what? It's it's basket here, basket there, basket here, and ninety nine to one hundred. And uh, my dad like used to because yeah, ex- that was it. He'd be squeak 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 here, squeak 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 squeak. That was his his description of a basketball game, and that was when I was probably playing basketball with you at Heritage or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. I get it, Rob. It's it one hundred percent. The, this is the perfect segue to uh, – I, I just want to – well, anyway, I think we both agree the CFL has been a little bit tough. You called it, though, preseason. You said, look, some of these – some of the big names have retired. Uh, these guys have been off for so long. There's a lot of turnover within the teams. We're not seeing great quarterback play on any team. I mean, I, like, the Argos are 6-3. and three. They lead the East. Can you even tell me who their quarterback is? Bethel. Thompson? It's Bethel Thompson, but I yeah. mean, I don't think McLeod Bethel Thompson's a household name. I don't think he's lighting up the stats either, but he is your Eastern Conference leader right now. So, I mean, that says a lot to me about the, the quality of play. It's going to improve. Look, this is where we're just getting out of a 20-month pandemic. I'm sure next year will be better, and, you know, the, the league will start getting some more momentum. But I think they're having a tough time this year as a casual fan. Well, actually, I'm more than a casual fan. Uh, I'm having a hard time uh, watching games from start to finish. There's just too much... Uh, too much sloppy play, and uh, it's not very crisp. So, uh, but again, B, you you called it. Um, you know what? What's Brock, the status I, I, on the Eastern team? Do you know anything about pardon that? Pardon me. What's the status on the Schooners? Is that happening? Wasn't well, it supposed it to was, happen? It was it was close to a done deal. Like 2019, 2020, these things were like like the, all that was left really was pen to paper and you know uh, a venue and where they were going to build the stadium or if they were just going to retrofit a college stadium or university stadium. Right. And then it just everything just fell through, and then money became an issue for the league. The schooners became, you know, a, a very much on the put on the afterburner because really we got to save the league first. Backburner, afterburner uh, also, goes really fast. Backburner I, takes a backseat. I just, just hey, I'm not here to correct <laughs> you, but if they, if hey, Top Gun, put the afterburner on, you're gone. Like you're making headway. Yeah, I said uh, put on the backburner. No, you said put on. I uh, got put on the afterburners. Backburner. I know what it is. I'm correcting. I don't even know what an afterburner is. What about Tom Cruise? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's a good question. I hope that there that that was that was building momentum. I certainly hope that the schooners become a reality. I think that's is the league still a nine team league? They're still off, right? By by a team, it would balance the divisions out. If I'm not mistaken, that's correct. They're 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 a shop teacher ten. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, look, I was going to I just going to spend 2 seconds here because I mentioned it this week that I would talk about it and I got some interest uh, via personal messages on my thoughts on the Raptors and uh, I I just want to talk a little bit about their offense and the Raptors are revolutionizing the way you play offense this year. 
I don't think it's going to be like, uh, you know, uh, Albert Einstein or NASA, but it's it's kind of cool. They don't have any players on their team taller than 6'9", but the, on the flip side, they have lots of guys who are like in that 6'7 to 6'9 range. So what they're hoping to accomplish is to have any guy on the floor bring the ball up. So typically, and you know this, Brock, from playing college and high school, typically the uh, offensive team puts up a shot, Raptors get a rebound. What's Typically what happens is whoever gets the rebound looks for the point guard, and then the point guard brings the ball up the floor, and that's how they run the fast break. That's been going on for years. Well, the Raptors are trying to revolutionize the way this happens. Now what they want is as soon as you get the rebound, whoever it is, because we're all a bunch of six, seven hyper-skilled guys, whoever gets the rebound, away you go. Everybody runs and turns the opposite direction, and the the guy with the rebound dribbles the ball up the floor. So it saves on, you know, having to get the ball to the point guard, and uh, and that kills a little bit of time. So it's a really revolutionary way to play offense. Um, I'm interested to see how it works. I the, Right now, their starting center is Precious Achua, the guy they got for the, the uh, Kyle Lowry deal, who's exceptional, by the way. He's playing okay. great basketball this preseason. How big is he? He's 6'9". He's their biggest guy. He gets okay. all their rebounds. He's averaging 15 and 10 in the, this preseason, and he's undersized most nights. But because they're all 6'9", the kid they drafted 6'7", um, it's going to be interesting. They're going to be able to, to you know, switch off the of screens and not have a mismatch. Everybody's going to be able to guard everybody. It's crazy how they've assembled their roster. Is so it designed to, like, you know, say you get a rebound? Well, generally... If there's a shot up, if the other team has a big guy, he's down near the basket looking for that rebound. If you get it and you now have four guys that are moving down court, those big guys may not be able to catch up as quick. And now you say, okay, we have numbers. We're three on two or we're four on yep. three going yep. the other way. And then say, I don't know. It seems like it's one of those, like, it could work. And then you say, it, you know, and then everybody goes that way. And then you say, well, now we're going to go with the big guy again to give more height and body down low and take advantage of those kind of like the, you know, the past spread happy offenses and say, well, the defensive has now adjusted to being faster and spread out. And now we're going to go more to the Baltimore style, the hard nose fullback. And you know what I mean? Like cyclical kind of, but yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, if you look in the East though, Bucks had the Bucks have Brooke Lopez, the uh, Sixers have uh, Embiid and uh, Andre Drummond, two of the slowest centers in the league. Uh, there's big men in the East. But are they going to be able to keep up with their guy who's now dribbling the ball up the floor? Uh, typical offense, your five guy gets the rebound, he looks for the point guard, and away they go, and the five is the trailer, the five being the center. So that he's right. no longer the trailer, he's running your break. So now you've got five guys coming up full speed versus four in a trailer. So it's a really, really innovative way. Whether it works or not, I don't know, but they've, they've gone all in on this. They have gone all in on this. What what do we got from uh, from our man CC? Says I love how Maverick and Goose, who should be talking about beach volleyball, are breaking down basketball. <laughs> Wait, wh what are you talking about? Oh. What is he talking about? This is what happens. He must be watching Top Gun. No, this is what happens when Alabama loses. These guys have no idea what's it's going on in the rest of the world. He gets feisty. Well, anyway, I'm excited about it. There are two teams really this year to, to look for, right? We're, the Raptors, because they're the home team, home country, we're all excited about the Raptors. You know, when they won the championship, um, registration for ba youth basketball went up like 80% in uh, the Udoway region alone um, and the Ottawa region. Um, you know, so we're excited to see what the Raptors can do. It's good for Canada when they're good. 
Uh, and the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers are a big team, big name team, because they went crazy with the veterans. Like, they just, they're the oldest team in the league. Uh, I think they're starting five or all 35 and over, which is just insane. Um, so the, it, those are the teams to look out for this year in terms of storylines. The Miami Heat, I think we have some interest in them because of Kyle Lowry. They're going to be tough. And the last NBA topic I want to talk to you about, I mean, again, we don't talk a lot about this because it's a little bit of a touchy subject, but Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, uh, because of the rules in New York, will not be able to play any home games. Um, so the Nets took a couple of days after that announcement to think about how they want to do this. So today they said, well, he's just not going to be on our team until he's vaccinated. So he's not part of our team until he's able to play every game. Um, how? I mean, it's a roster guy, spot. If not, if you keep him and you only play him halfway, he's still on your roster, right? You can't take him off somebody your away for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm for it because he makes a ton of money and this is not about his protection. It's about protecting everybody else in the league. I know, I know that, uh, you know, everybody's supposed to be vaccinated, but like, as you know, COVID can still be transmitted. Uh, the effect of it is obviously diminished when you're vaccinated, but it can still be transmitted. And I don't think pe- people are trying to equate the vaccine with like full protection. You're not fully protected. You can still catch it. Yeah, it's, it's just not, not immunity. It's not, uh... it's not, it's not immunity. I mean that we may get there one day, but we're not there right now. We're just trying to limit the, the spread of the, the, the disease, the virus and limit the amount of people who die from it. That's all it is. So in that regard, it's like, Kyrie, do your, do your thing, man. I mean, be, be a, you're getting paid $200 million. So, hey, smarten up. At the same <laughs> anyway. time, if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't play basketball. You've made enough money. Go retire on an island somewhere. There's that option as well. I mean, you know, the Nets uh, picked up Patty Mills from the, from the Spurs. They got their point guard situations all right. They might even be better off without him. I don't know. He's, he's a bit of a head case, uh, yeah. and he's... He's kind of getting like Antonio Brown weird in his older age. So uh, Antonio um, Brown, I'll give it to him. He seems to be buying into that Tampa system. Anyway, nine hundred catches, the youngest uh, NFL wide receiver to do that. He's a hundred catches away from a thousand. I mean, this guy had he not missed that one season with the Raiders when he got all all crazy. I mean, this guy could be. He could could have ended up being the best receiver of all time in terms of uh, in terms of catches. This guy was a stud, um, and he he's proven out to be pretty good. He's a third option right now, and it's he's a third option. He's better than Godwin it's amazing. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Hey, I think he's, the... he runs better routes. Anyway, um, we are going to get to the NFL to finish off this show, but I just want to mention today, uh, as my, my TV to the left of me here, is showing us the uh, Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh Penguins uh, are dropping the puck. The season, uh, the 2021-2022 NHL season starts tonight. Uh, later on, the Seattle Kraken play their first ever game as a franchise. Uh, that's going to be kind of cool to watch. Uh, where's your intensity level when it comes to hockey? Are you excited? Is it like, are you on a scale of one to 10? Where are you right now, knowing the Leafs and Sens play this week? <laughs> <laughs> I have no. <laughs> it's been a long it's been- <laughs> Uh, okay. Hey, okay. talk to me in February ish for hockey. Yeah. Like I'm not, uh, the fact that it's actually the official start of the season blows my mind right now. I still thought it was preseason. Um, but hockey, it just, it's so early in the college football and NFL season for me to, st- and baseball's wrapping up that yeah. it just doesn't like even basketball, hockey and basketball don't really get relevant until the Super Bowl's over. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I can't say the same for basketball because I've obviously I'm a huge basketball fan, but uh, hockey to me, uh, if, and I was talking to a friend of mine today about it, and the only word that comes to mind for regular season hockey, and it's actually magnified in the playoffs, is if I, if I were to have a word association game, it's congestion. The game just looks too congested on the on the ice. Uh, not enough space. Guys are and again, I've this is full credit. I've said this a million times. Full credit to the player, to the goalie, to the um, evolution of equipment and performance and all that. This is all a credit to them. But the league itself, guys like uh, Bettman and some of the the rules commi- committee people, they just haven't adjusted the game to the player. The players are too big and fast and strong. And, you know, the, the puck is just bouncing half the time. Like, it's a it's a 60-minute game, and I'm sure the puck is, like, just chipping and bouncing all over the place for 40 of those 60 minutes. And a lot of the times, those goals end up being, you know, one bad bounce, and it gets to a guy who can rifle it, you know. Everybody's got a howitzer. It's, yeah, but it, that it's just a, it gets shot, and it goes off somebody's shin pad yeah. and stick, whatever. Like The goalies are so big, and, and they're just so good. I mean, again, it's a credit to everybody and everything associated with hockey in terms of how good these guys are. And the year-round the year round fitness level and uh, the, the commitment to their health and nutrition. and like uh, Kudos to all of it. But your product, is for me, it's boring. And uh, I'm, I'm the minority, probably. I was a huge hockey fan as a kid. It kind of started, my, my, my uh, enthusiasm started to dissipate a little bit. Uh, in 2012, 2013, the game started to get a little, just a little bit more suffocating. Every week, every week got more suffocating. Um, so that's my problem with hockey. I, am I excited to see the, the Leafs and Habs tomorrow? Yeah. Am I going to watch it? Yeah, I'm a Habs fan, you know. But the game itself, I, I might fall asleep. <laughs> am, I, am I excited for the Leafs and Sens on Thursday? Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I think the Leafs are going to destroy them. I might fall asleep watching it, but I'm, I'm excited to see like, you know, the pageantry of the beginning and then the name, you know, they introduced the team names and all that. It's pretty cool. I did want to ask you about um, Nick Suzuki signed an eight year contract today. Uh, Zibanejad signed one the other day with the Rangers. So where does that leave Brady Kachuk? Like, is he, is he in that ballpark when it comes to the money? Like Suzuki signed eight year, 7.7 7, uh, annual salary. Zibanejad's a little higher. He's 8.5. Does Kachuk fit there? Like, is he is he is he a eight eight million dollar a year guy for eight years? Uh, he is. I think the problem, and I don't think that's even a debate. I think the problem is the length of contract that he wants. He only wants like a two or three year bridge contract, where the Sens are trying to lock him down for long term. So, you know, he is in that range. It's just a matter of the length of contract that both sides agree on. You like the, those long term contracts for any sport? Um. I mean, look, I'm, I come from the football side of things where, you know, until, well, until I hung them up, those contracts weren't guaranteed. Like your guaranteed money was minimal compared to the, the life of the contract. And in football, you could be, you sign a 10 year deal. That's fine. If you don't make the team, you get cut, you get, you know, seriously hurt, whatever. Like they don't have to honor it. You're not guaranteed that money. Now it's starting to change a little bit, only not because of having fully guaranteed contracts, just having a lot more money up front. Yeah. Um, but uh, like with the hockeys and, and baseball and stuff, we have those long-term deals that are uh, locked in and you owe them anyway. The Bobby Bonilla stuff where they're, you know, 37 years later, he's still getting a million bucks every July. Like things like that, 
I don't know. It's it's kind of hit or miss. Like there's a it's a it's a it's risky on mm. uh, both sides. So the fact that Brady's holding out because he wants a shorter contract because he thinks he's going to get paid a lot more later, I mean that's still risky. You only have a two three year thing. You you know break a leg or uh, end up uh, um, Alex Smithing yourself somehow, and you say now I I can't do anything now. You know what I mean? Like it's almost Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, you know, uh, Matt Cook can do something, whatever. Like, it's a risk on both sides. And I think if I was to tell, if this was my son going through the contracts, I'd say, you know what, lock in that eight-year deal. It, you know, it's not like it's eight years at a million dollars. Like, if you're in that that range of seven, eight million dollars, maybe there's an increase. There's, you know, stuff you can kind of work out. But have some loyalty, but also lock down, lock down that deal. It's just, it's too risky uh, from a player's perspective to say, you know, I'm never going to get hurt seriously that I hung, hang them mm-hmm. up or, but it's also a risk on the other side from the team. You know, you sign this guy for a certain thing, you're on that hook for that money. And if he doesn't yep. produce or, you know, he loses interest, he, I don't know, it doesn't matter what it is. You're on the hook for it. So there's risk on both sides. Yeah. I, you know, hard to debate that. My only concern with the long-term contracts from the player's point of view is you get complacent. Like, you know that you're you're tied in for eight. You know, you're playing for, hopefully you're playing for a Stanley Cup, which is all the ultimate goal. But, like, if your team is sort of mired in obscurity and you know that even if you make the playoffs, you're not really going to make a lot of noise, you know, you're not that highly motivated to play for money anymore. You've already locked in. So you get complacent, potentially. And I think that doesn't keep guys on their toes. But from a protection point of view like from that standpoint absolutely I mean I get it you know you got to make your money and anything can happen on the ice you know like we've seen some pretty awful stuff just last playoffs Uh, I get it it's the Alexei Kovalev syndrome where you know he seems to play you know 50 goals a a year when it was a contract year so I I get I get that like I totally get it but um, anyway we'll see we'll see what happens I'm not a huge fan of the long-term deals but Brady Kachuk this whole thing is getting weird I mean, I get Melnick's not the best negotiator, and he has a history of just stopping negotiations altogether. And probably Dorion's in a weird spot, but like this guy is your is your basically your franchise. You know, like he has proven to be that's your all. He does everything. So something's going on. If you're not taking eight years at eight for what Brady up brings to the table, I don't know. Like, guys, there's something else going on. Well, what I just said, like they will do eight years at eight, like they would. They offered my under, yeah, my understanding is that Kachuk is not taking it. Well, I mean, maybe I don't know what he thinks he's gonna. He wants you know, a uh, he wants a shorter deal. He wants to you know have a an out. Um, which again, to me, you know, if I'm building something, and I thought the Sens, you know, were starting to show some promise, and there's a lot of young talent there, and you say, you know what, like this is a team that should be able to you know, compete and get better and say, you know, for as a group build together and have that chemistry and, and keep it together. But if he's, you know, thinking two, three years and, and then I want, I want to have that, that out clause, that option of getting out of here or getting maybe a bigger payday up. My thoughts is that if he's doing a bridge contract, it's not to get a bigger payday with the sends. It's to get a bigger payday and go somewhere else. That's got to be it. I mean, I'm looking at the sense, you know, uh, as far as their roster is concerned, you know, they got Drake Batherson and Josh Norris and Tim Stutzla, who is, I think is going to be an unbelievable player. 
and they they kind of have the feel of that early to, uh, sorry the late 90s teams that were made those runs with Alfredson and uh, Gary uh, Roberts Arvidsson. yeah well yeah those 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 years you know so they're building towards something I don't know if he has the patience or maybe he just doesn't like Ottawa who know I don't know who knows right uh, who he's knows? got Ottawa's a brother team. in the league too maybe it's talking you know wanting to play together maybe it's who maybe. knows Maybe. Anyway, anyway they, if I were them, I would figure it out pretty soon because the league starts on Thursday and you don't want to be uh, – they're out Colin White already for, uh, uh, you know, an indefinite amount of time. I think he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, Matt Murray is an interesting player for them. He put on about 15 pounds of muscle from what I read, a report that I read from Bruce Garriott, um, in the hopes of just being, uh, you know, uh, better. Um, so we'll see how that pans out for Matt Murray. He had a down year last year and well, he could use the goaltending. Yeah, good luck, Matt Murray. Uh, I've put on 15 pounds, and I don't think that makes me better. But <laughs> good luck to you. You know what we need? We need one of those. Yeah, we got to find one of those. <laughs> we'll find one for next next show. All right, let's uh, let's talk we, NFL. Yeah, I'll we, get one. Let's uh, let's throw on that NFL music. I think we went on too long with the hockey because I could see Mike looks like he was watching a hockey game. Like you watch a hockey game where he starts to like doze off. You're still talking about that? All right. All right. <laughs> what? NFL? Okay. Hey. Week five. Hey, first off, yes. Mike the producer is okay. all of a sudden turning a page and is a fantasy guru. The guy's in our uh, UC Sports fantasy football thing, and he is destroying everybody. Oh. And I keep getting notifications. Oh, Mike Pignat made a move. He made a move. Roster update, this and that. Like, he is out shopping and making his lineup better. And kudos for a guy who's like, man, I don't know if I want to play. He's dominating right now. Anyway. Uh, it's one of those guys, eh? One of those you guys. Know, he's, he's, a, he's a cerebral assassin, we call him. <laughs> he, he, we do now. <laughs> Oh, we do now. Anyway, I've never called him that before, but he is now. Uh, he's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, fantasy football, really, luck of the draw. Injuries are just ravaging some of these teams. Uh, week five was a, a crazy week. Uh, I don't know. Did you catch any of that um, L.A. Chargers-Cleveland Browns game? Uh, no, I was watching. That was at the same time as the Cincy Green Bay game, I think. Oh, I, I man. So there was a game on a Thursday night a couple of years ago. I think it was the Rams, uh, Jared Goff and the Rams, the year they made the, the the finals, and the Chiefs. I think it was like a mid-season game. It was a Thursday night. Yeah, they had the color show. rush like, unis on. That's the one. It was like 56 to 49 or something crazy, and it was yeah, just yeah. like, well, this was basically the same thing, except it was such a contrasting styles. Like, obviously, the Chargers like to like to pass the ball, and they have all kinds of weapons. Mind you, Austin Eckler, man, he was good. But um, the Browns were running the ball like crazy. And anyway, anyway it ended up finishing 47-42 for the Chargers. And uh, But it was just a super entertaining football game. And now I'm on the Chargers bandwagon, man. That that team can play. Hey, I mean, as a Steeler fan, you got to jump off of that one pretty quick. But, yeah, I mean, oh, the whoa, Chargers – oh, hang sorry. Hang on a sec. The, uh, the Chargers <laughs> – He's uh, a bear, Herbert. A bear, Herbert. It is Herbert with that Over mustache. In Canada, so we can call him a bear, but Herbert. I think over there they call him Herbert. I don't know. Oregon has a lot of French Thibodeau and stuff like that too. So maybe a bear. Okay, anyway, okay. Uh, Herbert. 
is yep. like the quarterback. Was he the fastest quarterback to get to like 11, 300 plus yard passing games or something? Something crazy. Really is. He's got a pretty good receiving core, but a really good team around him. Defense is pretty good, generally speaking. I mean, Cleveland put up 42 or 47. Um, yeah. 42, but again, he's a, he's good. He's going to be very good. Just And he, has, he looks the part. Like, he's big. He's agile. He can run a little bit. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's uh, You can't rattle him. I mean, Cleveland went up. They went back and forth. Cleveland was up. Then the Chargers were up. And then Cleveland was up. And, you know, a young quarterback can get rattled by that. He just came right back out, threw a touchdown, you know, like Joe Cool. He, he, this guy is the real deal. And it I is wasn't Herbert. sold on him coming in. It's Herbert. I've been it's confirmed. Because there's an R. It's not a bear. So there were two teams in the AFC that I wasn't sure of. I didn't. Sh- they could have gone either way. I'm definitely sold on the Chargers. And I, I think we're. I think we both thought Miami would take a step back. Uh, and yeah. we're, we, I mean, I get Tua has been hurt. Tua's been, that, exactly. They're, they're not very good. They, they got blown out this weekend. Um, but uh, another game that sort of uh, was very interesting to watch because nobody wanted to win it was the Cincinnati and Green Bay game where the, the field goal kickers, I think, missed a combined five field goals. In the span uh, of like three minutes. It was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Green Bay ended up finally winning. Uh, Mason Crosby. Uh, the, the announcer called him Sidney Crosby, um, kicks the game-winning field goal. So that was an interesting game. I think Sidney Crosby um, would have made the first field goal. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, you know, before we get to the Buffalo game, I thought, did you watch the Baltimore Indy game last night? I sure did because uh, Big Daddy put some money on uh, uh, Lamar Jackson to pass for over 230 and rush for 70-plus. And he rushed for 62. Whoa. Couldn't have taken eight more yards. He had so many opportunities last night. He threw for over 400 yards. Guy's good. Yards? 400 what? I think it was 402 or something like Whatever. that. Whatever. Over 400 yards. For Lamar Jackson is not something two years ago we'd have been like, oh, he's throwing for 400 yards. But I also felt that he was – trying to throw the ball more than it was like finding the happy medium. I used to run it all the time. Now they're stopping me on the run. I got to make sure I'm better at throwing the ball. Now he's like, I'm going to throw the ball every single time where I'm like, you have an opportunity to run and get this first down right now. This it's open. You still need to do it every once in a while to have them respect that. And for the love of God, do it for eight more yards. Cause I need that. But he didn't, and he was finding open guys for the majority of it. But there were times where I thought he should be using his athleticism to run. Uh, Mark Andrews had 11, 11 catches for 150 yards and, uh, you know, uh, some really good throws. I thought Lamar Jackson took a step forward. Can he do it again this week? They play the Chargers this upcoming week. It's going to be a great game. Um, what Joe, do we got here? Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow needs to protect himself. He, Joe Burrow played with um, a throat contusion for the whole game. He ended up going to hospital after the game. Um, shows how tough that kid is. The, the Bengals are for real. They ran the ball. They, uh, Green like Bay is a good team. Green Bay is a good team. Uh, I think the Bengals, their run, the ability to run the ball is masking some of their pass protection deficiencies because they, they do have a hard time in pass protection. But they can run the ball. Joe Mixon's having a good year, and uh, they got Perrine as their backup running back. Ryan, and I, yep. I'm I'm happy with I'm happy with Cincinnati. If you're a Cincinnati fan, you got to be uh, pretty excited about Jamar Chase and what's going on over there. And they got Higgins and Boyd, and there's some there's some talent there. Hey, that was one of the bigger Bengals fans that I know who just chimed in there, Mister Weeks, my snack buddy on the road when we coach together. <laughs> Guy always has the best snacks. I got a couple of Bengal buddies that that. What uh, up, Weeks? I, I'm, 
They're the lovable, uh, lovable losers for years. But anyway, be, I wish they weren't in Pittsburgh's division because I'd root for them. They have the nicest helmets in the uh, NFL. I uh, always Dallas, used to attribute them to Oscar Mayer wieners. Like, you know, like you put like the slices <laughs> in the wiener and then when I was a kid. Anyway, I was a fat kid. I'm wow. still a fat kid. Anyway, here's what it is. Uh, Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> is now the team to beat as far as I'm concerned. They looked very good. So I was going to yeah. ask you that. I'm like, in that game... Is it more how good Buffalo is or how maybe a step back the Chiefs are taking this year? But you think it's well, Buffalo. Chris Jones, well, Chris Jones did not play. Right. So they have, you know, again, even if he did play, they have been moving around out of position playing, uh, you know, defensive, defensive end. Defensive end. He's not supposed he to be there. He's not built for that. No. They're, they lack talent on the defensive side. And that's there's no other way to, to put it. They lack talent on the defensive side. They've got uh, Anthony Hitchens playing. Inside linebacker, I mean, they don't have a ton of ton of guys right now. Teron Matthew is, in my opinion, just slightly overrated. He seems to be Johnny on the spot when it comes to interceptions. Um, you know, Sorensen's the other safety, and then their their two cornerbacks are giving up all kinds of yardage. So hmm. it's just they're weak on the defensive side. So they're gonna it's gonna have to be a shootout for them. And they're I mean, people are teams are adjusting to the uh, to the offense. Teams are adjusting to them. I mean, they're not. Uh, unstoppable now. No, I mean, Buffalo's, Buffalo's key good. to what they did on defense was that they were able to sort of contain the run and Mahomes with limited blitzing. And then you, so Just that, the front four. that allows you to have more guys in coverage. So they're, I think Russo is their first pick, right? He looks He's pretty good. good. He's like very good. So he's he, number 50. He looks like an outside linebacker, but I think they got uh, him down on the, in, in the dirt. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. They're see, that's what they, they did differently uh, the other day. And uh, I was very impressed and like, yep. I'm going to give Josh Allen kudos. Uh, I'm very critical of him. Um, and I think it's more because I don't want to get sucked in too hard to a team that may break <laughs> my heart again, kind of thing. So I'm yep, really yep. like making sure and he looked pretty good. Now, again, I'm critical. So there's multiple balls where I'm like, look, he is literally two feet away from being like an elite, maybe the best quarterback in the league, all like well-rounded quarterback, however you want to say it. Like, And what I mean by two feet he's is close. like he's throwing balls that – Emmanuel Sanders in the end zone. If that ball is two feet inside, which is where that ball should have been, that's a touchdown, not a, a incomplete third down goal for a field goal. He does that same thing kind of on the sidelines. Literally, we're talking inches. So between 12 and 24 inches, that ball, if it just gets put on the right side of the receiver, not just at the mm. receiver, at the right side away from the defender, like his arm strength and the receiving core that he has, like – they could be unstoppable. And that's yeah. the difference where like Mahomes and those guys are putting it in spots where you're like, that's the only spot he could put it that his receiver could catch it. If it is a foot mm. behind, it's deflected or whatever. And mm. once Allen gets that fine tuning, yeah. which is not going to be that big of a deal, uh, a big of a change. It's just, it's all mental and just understanding it a bit more. Like he's just going to be so much better. Yeah, and he's, he he did make a couple of, to his credit, he did make a couple of uh, outstanding throws. <laughs> he threw one on the run, running forward, that was a dart down the left sideline, 
uh, right in the end zone. I mean, it was just incredible. Oh. Uh, his arm strength. Josh Cannon. I mean, he's got an absolute cannon. And it's and the the one where he needed the first down and he hurdled the guy. And I was like, that's yeah. those are the effort plays that you know when I think of Lamar Jackson's game the day after. I was like, those like you got to do that, especially yeah. you know you're down this point. You want to you know have the game in your hand. They ended up winning, sure, but that's what those kind of guys can bring to the table. Buffalo has the best secondary in the NFL. I mean, that's they're they are they're flying all over the ball. And like you said, they didn't have to blitz or send any of those guys towards uh, Patrick Mahomes. They just had the front four. And uh, Russo, I, my, one of my favorite players came back. I think it's, this was his first game back with Star Lotulele, my one of my favorite names in the NFL. Uh, but big acquisition for them last year. I think he got hurt for the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. But big fan of his. So uh, Buffalo, great win for Buffalo. Let's just quickly run down the rest of the week's. Uh, scores uh we had what else do we have here we had uh, dallas uh, beat the, the jets uh, and Alistas. falcons in in london so the falcons beat the jets 27 <laughs> 20 kyle pitts goes off the the, the, okay. the week that i bench him okay, the saints okay. beat the washington football team 33 22 yeah. what would he do the lions the poor lions <laughs> oh my god the poor lions you like that no <laughs> poor guys up 17 16 second left you know, Vikings kick a field goal. They it's go back oh, and five. Anyway, <laughs> All right. they're just what horrible. Uh, Broncos and Steelers. Your Steelers beat the Broncos 27-19 at home. Big Broncos, win. Big win in pretty good team. That was a good win. Hey, Broncos, good team. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster out for the year yeah. with a, basically a broken shoulder. And, uh, Brock, I want to mention, I know we're running out of time here, but I want to mention this to you. I'm not a fan of the end around. Um, I'm not, I've never been a fan of that play. Why? Because I feel like receivers aren't built to take a hit from a safety running full speed at you from 30 yards away. They're just not built for that. And Juju took basically just a massive hit by Kareem Jackson. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> so we got, sorry. I got a comment in our back room here. That's uh, <laughs> Juju took a huge hit from Kareem Jackson. And uh, he's just, they're just not built to take those hits, man. And now he's out. And I just hate those play calls. I'm not a fan of, of uh, end arounds that go right. You're basically, he, he cut right off tackle. I mean, if you're going to run an end around, you want to go outside the cornerbacks. Okay, you might take a hit from the side and get hit out of bounds. But you're going right off tackle as a wide receiver. You're just not built for that. Now, call me crazy. But is that something, is that le- something legit that why would you put your best receiver in that position to get basically his head knocked out? I mean, it's not designed for him to get his head knocked off. It's supposed to be, you know what I mean, creating a, a, a mismatch somewhere. You know, the blocking scheme, there's obviously a missed block somewhere, an assignment that was probably mispicked up or it was just you're calling the wrong defense. If it's a misdirection stuff, you know, they're trying anything to get a spark going. Yeah, but you risk your smaller guys taking licks like that. They're not, yeah, they're just, they're just not built like running backs. So anyway. Uh, that was frustrating, but a good win for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's taking on Seattle this week. Uh, a chance to get back to 500 with Geno Smith at the helm. Geno Smith, yeah, that's going to hurt so, the Seattle Seahawks big time. He I looked think okay, so. but Russell Wilson is, I mean, he's an MVP candidate every single year. Yeah, for sure. Pittsburgh just picked up Anthony Miller, to repl- not to replace. He's on the practice squad, but I'm sure if he uh, proves himself well on their practice squad, uh, he'll... He'll be the slot receiver uh, in a couple of weeks. But anyway, we'll see what Other happens. Other notables. Injuries are part of the game. 
Yeah, other notables, Cardinals are still undefeated. They're the last undefeated team, I think, 17 wow. to 10 over the Niners. Bears, wow. Raiders, moving on. Uh, you know, the Patriots just squeaked the one out over the Texans, 25-22. That was a battle of two rookie quarterbacks that looked mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, the Eagles beating the Panthers. That's a bit of an upset, really. They came back. The Eagles came back to score a touchdown. Jalen Hurts Big ran win it for in. That franchise. Uh, Big win for that Late franchise. in the game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not bad. So, Pick your top five games moving this week that you think we should be watching. I was just going to get into this. I don't know if I can pick five. This this week is awesome. This week is awesome. Buffalo at Tennessee, that's a trap game. That's an 8-15 game next week. Buffalo going into Tennessee. You know, you want to see how good Buffalo's front is? We're going to find out. That's a crazy game. That's a highlight game for me. Um, That's Monday night. Arizona-Cleveland, I mean, put your – Get your popcorn ready. That's going to be an awesome game. Uh, you know, we got, again, a clash of two different styles. You know, run and gun, Arizona, little backyard, uh, schoolyard play versus Cleveland who likes to run the ball. Uh, Chargers, Chargers, Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah. That is, I mean, these are awesome games. I mean, what a week. Even Green Bay at Chicago. I mean, Chicago is suddenly 500. You know, they're a win and they're tied for first in that division. So that's a, that's a great game. It's in Chicago. Um the Thursday nighter, Tampa at Philly. I mean, that's a great game. That's going to be awesome. We're going to see what kind of guts Philly has coming off a big win. You know, it's that's it's going to be a great week. I'm excited for this week of football. And I mean, Sunday morning, nine thirty, when uh, the kids are up having breakfast, they can either watch cartoons or they can watch little kids playing football with the Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> there should be no violence. It'll be rated PG. That's going to be a that's going to be a grind. Uh, yeah. Oh. A grind. Uh, where's my good hey. uh, That's a yeah, Urban Meyer. Old grinding. Urban Meyer. Uh, okay, so that's dog. that's it for the football. Real quick, you have it on your notes. The Wilder boxing match. Um, oh. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Uh, one of the better fights I've seen in a long time. I and when know, I say Wilder, nice. Fury. Fury yeah. and Wilder fight. Fury, Fury won, and Wilder. Yeah, nice to see uh, the heavyweight division. Um, you know, Wilder just has no class. I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan, but, like, just the at the end of the fight, he went over to Wilder to, th- to say, hey, listen, you great fight, and Wilder didn't give him the time of day. So Fury said in an interview, like, uh, look, I went to give him his love, and he doesn't want it because I've beaten him three times. I He said something like, I pray for him that his heart can soften a bit. It was really poignant. I mean, this is, was this it? is a big, heavy. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And I'm a huge fan of that guy. Huge fan. Did he say, I hope his heart can soften a bit because his head, I've just softened a bunch? <laughs> well, in those words, not, not those exact words. Yeah, he kind of did say that. Like, look, I beat the hell out of this guy, but I'm still giving him props. He, he gave me a hell of a fight today, um, but he just won't accept any kind of love. So I haven't watched yeah. boxing in a long time. <clears throat> boxing is obviously taking a step back. You know, I've discussed this before where it's really lackluster of talent and people you want to watch. The, the fights bad. people are getting mostly hyped for are stupid internet uh, YouTube guys <laughs> fighting retiree <laughs> idiots. And that's like the biggest one. I didn't even watch those. This one I watched. I was in bed, you know, blinking on and off because it was a late start. Um, from a boxing match, you say, you know what? It was pretty good. Both guys got knocked down a couple of times and went back and forth. But I never found myself like, well, because I didn't bet on it either. But 
like <laughs> cheering for like I like Fury, but I was never like yeah yeah or whatever. But yeah, at the yeah, end of it, yeah. like even between rounds, because now I'm I'm way more conscious of you know head injuries and the stuff that comes with it, and I'm, and I'm like it was almost sad. I like That's I almost felt sad during it, where I'm like. Wilder, he's taking longer blinks in his corner. Like, his eyes are kind of closed. I'm like, I'm watching. We are all watching. And this is just one fight. He's obviously fighting and gotten beaten before. But we're watching this guy's brain go to mush on yep. pay-per-view at this point. And That's it's, the uh, debate. it was pretty sad. That's the debate. Mike Gadda talks about this debate all the time about MMA. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's as, more as violent, crazy. but th- it would be over. Like after the, yeah. when the first Wilder goes down the first time, Fury with that attack and probably put him out and the thing's over. Otherwise, now we're like, you're getting up. You got 10 seconds to kind of get a little bit of the cobwebs out. And it, you're, you know, you're taught to, okay, we're good to go. And then continue getting punched in the face over and over. And then take a break, then come back out, do it again, go down again, get another 10 seconds. Like it's just constant. And it's, it's, mm. it's, yeah, I honestly, I did not find myself enjoying it as much as I would have liked to, or that I remember, I remember enjoying when I was a kid watching, you know, Tyson and Holyfield and stuff like that. I'm much more cognitive of the the brain issues um, that are arising from this, and it was it well, just made me sad. Look at uh, the, the Muhammad Ali and Joe Fraser fight, the thrill in Manila. Both those guys should have retired then and there, and they end up fighting like seven more years. And Ali fought like. A couple of years too long. Uh, the his last fight, second last fight against Larry Holmes, uh, it's hard to watch. He takes such a beating. Uh, his coach just throws in the towel. He he didn't even throw any punches. It was hard to watch. And uh, then you hear like Joe Fraser be, before he died, he could barely, you know, get out two words. And these are direct effects of boxing. You know, it's hard to see a guy get about boom head snapping back. You know, for basically 15 rounds at three minutes a round or yep. whatever. So yeah, I, I get it. I get the comparison. Um, I you know it's tough to watch. Forty five minutes. <laughs> that's yeah, it's brutal. Lord. That's brutal. So anyway, it was a good fight. Happy that Tyson Fury won, and uh, hopefully they both call it a career. Yeah, Jesus. and Fury went out raving right after. I think they have video. So he's up good. with the DJ. Oh, he's great. You know, love handles. He's like the I love it. Shaq. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good comparison. I love Shaq. <laughs> All right, on that note, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Uh, Blue Jays, Jays. baseball playoffs. Uh, I'm jumping on the Red Red Sox bandwagon until further notice. Uh, But definitely, I hope they take the Astros out. I don't want to see them in it. Uh, So really good series to take on the Rays. We're going to go out to a song that you've probably heard. This is the Radio Clean version, but it was from an artist called Lotto. Lotto, L-A-T-T-O. Anyway, it came on the truck. Was bumping to it, and we are going out <laughs> to it. Oh yeah, right, Carrie. Right, a lot of remix songs. Love it. It ain't too many of them that can handle me But I might let you try it off the Hennessy Make them sing to this thing like a melody And if your girl ain't right, I got the remedy It ain't too many of them that can handle me Bad chick, I could be a fantasy Tell me how you want it Three, two, one, and I'm on it Feel good, don't it? Hood chick, you in a bunny I'ma bust it on the pole like honest Don't you being honest 
juicy, mini made. But can't do it one mini man. Not a side or a main. I'm the only one he entertain. Spending his mind in the bank. I like what I see. A boss like you need a boss like me. Daddy from the street, so he move low key. Tryna rock that mic like karaoke. On the count of three, bad, get money. Broke to the love when I want it. I'm the one they love to hate, but they can't get past. Pretty face, no waste in a big old bed. Bad chick, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big, big energy. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. But I might let you try it off the Hennessy. Make them sing to this thing like a melody. And if your girl ain't right, I got the remedy. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. Bad chick, I could be a fantasy. You want it? Three, two, one, camera rolling. Do it slow motion. Real shit. Them up. All they big talk. Lotto put them on. I'm just being honest. Lingerie, Dolce, blindfold. Tie me to the bed while we role play. Can't skill four play. Kittle, kitty, cold case. I'm about shit, but tonight we do it your way. On the count of three. Bad, get money. Broke to the love when I want it. If you ever see me broke, I'm probably rocking the cast. Pretty face, no waste with a big old bed. Bad chick, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big, big energy. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. But I might let you try it off the Hennessy. Make them sing to this thing like a melody. And if your girl ain't right, I got the remedy. It ain't too many of them that can handle me. Bad chick, I could be a fantasy.